Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Benvenidos, mi gente. Thank you for turning, tuning in to Mi Gente on Air. How's everyone these days as April turns into May? It's Cinco de Mayo weekend. It's a weekend of celebration, a time to celebrate Latino contributions, and we're excited about that as well. Well, on May 4th, Netflix is debuting the second season of Selena the Series, and many have anticipated watching it, and we're real excited about that as well. Today... We welcome an upcoming Hollywood producer, Jaime Davila, who is the executive producer of the popular Netflix original series. He is president and co-founder of Campanero Entertainment, Campanario Entertainment, I should say, and he is making a big impact for Latinos in Hollywood. The Selena series celebrated the life of Selena Quintanilla, skyrocketed to number one, the number one spot on Netflix top 10 for seven consecutive weeks. That is a very, very long run, and we're so happy that Selena the series is so successful. So today, we welcome Jaime Davila to Mi Gente On Air. Jaime. Hello. Hola. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome, welcome to Mi Gente On Air, all the way from Hollywood, California. Is that where you're at right now, right? I am. Well, yeah, Los Angeles, but I can see Hollywood, so I'll yeah. we'll say Hollywood. Let's let's pretend. Yeah. How, how, how's first of all? How's the weather over there? Uh, I don't know if you want me to talk about it. It's pretty perfect. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Compared yeah. to here in the Midwest, yeah. That, but actually, it's it's relatively warm, but it's cloudy over here today. And uh, yesterday was actually eighty degrees. So here in oh, Saginaw, Michigan. But for my listening uh, well, audience, we're, we're, yeah. Can you tell me? Um, you know, those of us here in the Midwest, we're so removed from Hollywood. But can you tell us about Jaime Davila and what is your background and how did you get involved in film? Yeah, so, you know, I was born in McAllen, Texas, you know, right on the border with Mexico. Um, and I sort of, El Valle, exactly, <laughs> RGV. And uh, spent a lot of part of my childhood there until I moved to the East Coast when I was about 10 years old. Um, and it was so crazy for me, you know, moving from McAllen where everyone is Mexican, everyone speaks Spanish, to you move to New York. And yes, some people speak Spanish, and they're Puerto Rican, um, and that's great, but there's no Mexicans. And you start realizing, man, I, I don't see myself. Like, I don't see people from my culture. I, and the benefit for us was always, you know, growing up, we had Univision, right? And Univision was the one sort of area in Telemundo where you could see, you know, Latino doctors, Latino lawyers, all these amazing things. Um, and so, you know, I've always just loved TV. I, I decided I wanted to work in TV, um, and uh, took the leap. Uh, you know, my dad worked in TV on Spanish language side. He worked for Univision, and his biggest advice to me when I said I wanted to work in TV was don't, because uh, <laughs> it's a really hard industry. It's really hard, and it, yeah, it's really hard for Latinos in it. And uh, But, you know, I sort of said, like, we have to do it. We have to sort of change the way Holly um, treats Latinos, the way they think about Latinos. And uh, so that's why I started my company, Campanario, and we're just so excited about Selena the series, you know, uh, being a huge hit. Um, more importantly, you know, obviously the, the fact that it was successful was great, but I just think the story we're telling is so great and so important. You know, I'm, I'm so excited that we get to tell the story of a hardworking Mexican-American family that, you know, has a dream and they work hard to fulfill that dream. And it wasn't easy and it was tons of years and so much stress. 
but they did it by hanging in there together and loving each other. And I just think that's such a beautiful story that I'm not sure a lot of people know about Selena necessarily. You know, you know a lot about the other stuff, but, you know, we sometimes forget that she was um, a sister, a daughter, um, and I think about us for the show. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. How much did you know about Selena, you know, before? I mean, obviously you had to know quite a bit about her because you're from Tejas. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I think you're a pretty young guy. And did you know of her when she actually passed or were you even alive? <laughs> Oh yeah, I was. I liked. I thank you for thinking I'm so young. But no, I was. Uh, I was alive. Um, I remember growing up in the valley and learning about the Guatemalans. I mean, there was Selena was everything, you know. And I, especially when I moved to New York City, um, I remember I was. You know, she was about to sort of release her crossover album, and then obviously, you know, we all know what happened. Um, but. I, Selena has always been an inspiration to me. The Catinias have always been an inspiration to me. Her music has been a part of my life since I can remember, you know, growing up uh, in the Valley. And so from my standpoint, to be able to, you know, and I've always been interested in sort of, you know, there's obviously there's the film, but there's so much more to tell about the story. And I was just so interested in everything the Catinias had to do. Um, and so I really wanted to, you know, we wanted as a group, a campanario, you know, I also worked with my partner, uh, Rico Martinez on the project, who yes. was invaluable. And I think, you know, what we both tried to do was really tell a full story of someone that, you know, we're huge fans of and inspired us. Um, but then also, you know, inspired a whole community. Right. And so how do we make it sure that, you know, the people she's inspired, she still continues to inspire, but a whole new generation of people who, to your point, weren't born, um, yes. you know, when she was alive, how do we teach them about the her legacy and how important she was to all of us? And yes. I think that was one of the, also one of the goals for sure. Yeah, and I think you have done a wonderful job in regard to the series because you you captured a lot of the early on uh, Selena those early days, especially the music, the hair, and people yeah. who people who weren't really fans they 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 might have a problem with that. They're probably like, no, we know Selena with the long hair or what have you. But Selena was from the eighties, you know, the late eighties, and exactly. hair was big. Hair was big in those days, and I love how you captured that as well as um, the the music from the time period. Not only her music that um, maybe people aren't so familiar with like Besacitos, uh, but compared mm -hmm. to like Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb or something. But, you know, the, the the music of the time period as well, like the the Commodores, Easy Like Sunday Morning, I heard that in the series, and it, that just touched my heart, you know, because I am from the 80s. I, I'm from the 80s and 90s, but I think you, you really captured that with this series, and, and, and I applaud you for that, for keeping that music oh, in Oh, thanks there. so much. No, and I think that was really important to us, right? Like the Quintanillas were growing up with amazing music, you know. And I think when we talk when we talk about why Selena was so amazing and why we still listen to her music, I, I think so much of it's that, you know, it was this amazing fusion of different musical styles, right? Like I don't think anyone but AB and Selena and you know could have written and Pete, you know, could have written those type of songs with those type of rhythms that just still make us dance today, right? So right. I think it was really important for us to show the context of what they were growing up in, yeah, and exactly what you're saying, like, hey, when you want to get to Selena at the end, like, how did how did that butterfly, you know, you got to go through the caterpillar phase, right? You got to mm -hmm. go through the awkward phase of the big hair, um, which we all did, by the way, you know, I was, you <laughs> know, my sister and my mom had those hairstyles too, and I think it's cool to see Latinos that, hey, we were part of it, we were in we were part of America in the 80s and 90s, too, yes, you know, and yes. in this world where everyone's looking at nostalgia and, and stuff like that. Well, this is the Mexican-American version of that story. You know, we also wore shoulder pads. You know, we also looked at we had mullets, too. Oh, um, my God. You, you know, should have seen my mullet. 
<laughs> they're going to send me a picture of it, Larry. Oak. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that was part of the fun with um, Julio playing Pete was getting that mullet right. Um, but you know, I think you know that's so much a part of what we wanted to do. Right, was sort of remind people that you know the continuous. It took a long time that you know Selena knew there was a lot of stuff that of work to get there. And I'm really excited for part two because to your point, you know, a lot of people were surprised. You know, like, where's Bidi Bidi Bomb Bomb? You know, where's I'm more provido. It's like, well, get excited for part two because part two is really, you know, um, the amazing um, uh, culmination of Selena's career with so many of her amazing songs. We really dig deeper on, you know, how those songs got written, you know, what the story is behind them. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, really exciting versus anything else that's been done about Selena is that we really are telling the full story, you know, from birth. Um, and I think that that's really exciting to be able to showcase a Mexican-American family on TV. So, yeah, I think... People who enjoy part one will love part two, and people who were like, hey, I'm not so sure about part one. Where's the thing I know? Well, get ready for part two, because wow. you'll be right there. Well, you know, I, I read somewhere where um, Suzette Quintanilla said something about it was going to be hard for them to watch this, and, and for, for obvious reasons. Um, but I think the celebration, like you said, of, of her career towards the end, man, it, it was big. It was big. And we, I remember anticipating that English album. And then when, oh, I, yeah. I, when I Could Fall in Love came out, I, I mean, I got goosebumps the first time I heard it. That's how, uh, what an impact it had in her voice. So, you know, I, I, I no, think... Her, she, was, she was one in a million, you know? She was a triple threat, an amazing... Uh, singer, an amazing actress, an amazing performer. But honestly, morning when you talk to Suzette, and it was such an honor to work with Suzette on this project. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you 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 learn how amazing Selena was as a kind person. You know, she was funny, she was sweet. You know, she she really did love her family and her best friends. Her as being so kind and loving, and I think also in our society today, that's just that's so rare to find, um, especially with successful people and. And to know that she was that way is just also so inspiring for generations. Yes, yes. And, you know, especially today with the, the climate, the political climate and social media climate, I mean, somebody like that is, is, a, is a rarity, believe me. <laughs> no, yeah, I feel yeah. But listen, for, for the, our listening audience, um, you know, Jaime Davila is on a mission. And his mission is to get Hollywood's gatekeepers to abandon their outdated perceptions of the Latinx market. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, no, that was a big reason why we started Capanario, right? I think a lot of people in Hollywood, um, you know, even though Los Angeles is 50% Latino, Latinx, right? let's not forget it, it's a majority Latino city, a lot of people in Hollywood don't uh, interact with us and our community, um, and they, they stereotype us. And so I think a big reason why we started Capanario was to sort of push against those stereotypes and showcase how, you know, how Mexicans and Latinos and, you know, Eva were very diverse, um, and then B of all, we've been here. We've been here the whole time. We're part of the American fabric, part of the American mainstream. Um, and I think if you include us in the process, if you make shows, you know, for us, by us, um, they'll work. And I think Selena is a really great example of that. You know, we worked with a fully Latino cast and crew. Um, you know, we made that show with love. Our community made this series with love. And look at how huge it was. And I think what we're saying to Hollywood is, Hey, look! What what are you doing to serve that audience? Right? We just we just proved there's this huge audience out there. What are you doing to serve them? Right? What are you doing to provide content for them that inspires them, that that makes them motivated to, um, you know, eventually want to work in Hollywood? Um, because I think for me at Campanario, you know, we're a small company fighting the big fight. You know, we we need allies. We need everyone to support our shows, and we need you know future producers, actors, writers to come out here in LA and, and take it over. You know, and 
And I think a big part of making that happen is seeing ourselves represented on screen um, as the heroes that I know we are, you yes, know? Yes. Um, and I think that's, that's the key, right? Like, you know, I, I was very lucky to grow up um, in the Valley, you know, sort of my, my uncles who were all teachers and my uncles who was a doctor. And, you know, it's like the story of uh, the Mexican story in the United States is a story of success and of hard work and of, and of perse- perseverance. And I think that's what we're trying to really showcase to, to our audience, that we're an incredible community. And yes. it's about time that Hollywood celebrates us for who we are. So you're behind a TV Latino revolution. I mean, that, that's got to be a huge undertaking for you. And from what I've seen, I can only say, man, kudos to you. And thank God we have you so that we can uh, move forward and be more inclusive in Hollywood. And, and, and that's something that we've been talking about for years. I remember talking with Edward James almost about this probably 25 years ago, before even the Selena the movie. And it's, it's really um, come slowly. Um, and I don't know if, if that's because um, of the race relationship problems that we've had in America. Um, but I think, I think, you know, things have changed. Things have definitely changed. And I think Selena the series and what you're doing there with that is really making a difference. What do you think? No, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, honestly, I can only be doing this work because of people like Edward James Almost and all these amazing uh, actors and producers and directors, you know, who I'm standing on the shoulders of, you know, who, who, who sort of created a pathwork, right? So that's what I'm trying to do, really, you know, break down more barriers, break down more paths so that future generations can easily walk through that, you know? It, this is a long-term goal. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky, you know, to be also a member of the National Hispanic Media Coalition. I'm a board member there. Um, and that organization is also, you know, trying to change perceptions of Latinos. And so this is a long-term goal. You know, this has been a goal for our community for decades. Um, and I'm, just, I'm excited that I can continue that fight um, and keep it going. And I think all of us together fighting that fight, you know, hopefully in the future we won't be having these conversations about, you know, what is a Latino show or what is it like? They're just shows. And so, yeah, I'm very lucky to be, you know, standing on their shoulders, you know, breaking more barriers. But, you know, I, I, I know that there's going to be people, so many people behind me breaking even more barriers. And I'm excited to watch their shows and be fans and support them and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Netflix has that series gentrified uh, with America Fiera as a producer as well. Yeah. Do you know America? Yeah. And, and how do you feel about that show? Oh, Hentified. I think it's such an amazing show. I think it's an amazing, uh, you know, it's also another fully Latinx writer's rooms. Um, you know, I just, I love that there's a show that showcases us as funny, uh, interesting. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm, hopeful, I'm excited for season two. Uh, and I think America's done a great job sort of, again, showing a very specific portrait. I mean, that's a very specific culture of East LA, you know, and, and um, I think it's great when we can sort of showcase more of that. So I think when I see something like Hentified, I'm like, great, you know, where's the Texas version of that? And even to your point, Larry, where you are, like, what's the Michigan version of that? The, the pockets of Latino communities in the Midwest that are successful, that are doing really well, have interesting stories, especially in the Midwest, you know, where, uh, you know, we are so few and far between to me to sort of say, like, look, let's, let's make more of these for the different Latino communities all around the country. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I really relate with that show because, you know, they're, they're involved with a, uh, a restaurant and uh, I'm involved kind of with a restaurant over here as well as radio, you know, and so like I really can relate to that show and I I just love it, you know, and I can't wait till season two too. So um, Netflix, you know, is is really at the forefront of leading uh, Latino 
productions that are so good and they're they're doing it so well and and they do everything well right so I, I'm really happy for that. No, I, and look, I've been. I'll tell you right now, like they really are an amazing company to work with. Like sometimes you, you know, I'll tell you, I've worked with a lot of companies and they really are something that you're like they're they're special. They really do care. They have so many people working on all these shows in terms of and thinking about it from a you know marketing perspective, from a production perspective, from a development perspective. I, they're just so amazing and. You know, I think what was great about Netflix is that they most recently released a study that sort of showcased how they were saying themselves, like, you know, hey, look, we could do better. I, I forget the exact data, the numbers they released, but, you know, they were sort of pointing at that Netflix isn't doing, an, even though they're doing the best, that they could still be doing more. It's yeah. so great for Netflix to actually commission that study on their own, to actually release the data and showcase how, you know, they could be doing better. Because um, that's actually how change happens, you know, when people actually know what has to be changed and, and can have metrics and goals. So, Netflix has been great, and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm excited to keep working with them, and um, you know just hopeful that uh, they keep doing well because I think there's a lot of great people who work there. Well, well, that gives me a good segue into some data here. The the Selena series has been viewed in 25 million households and has reached the Netflix top 10 in over 23 countries. 23 countries. The series held the number one spot in the United States during the premiere week, and spent 26 days in Mexico's Netflix Top 10. That's huge. Those are huge numbers. And I think when probably a company like Netflix uh, or Univision or Bravo, any of those, when they see those types of numbers, then I think there's going to be a a green light to go ahead with more production on Latino stories. Wouldn't you think? And that was our goal, right? I think it was really exciting to showcase just how how successful – you know, an American Latino show can be not just in the U.S., but around the world. You know, I think oftentimes people look to Europe and sort of think of those as those. But, you know, I, I was, as I said, I was very lucky. You know, my dad worked for Univision. And so growing up, you know, um, I would look at the ratings and, right, and all those great uh, magazines. And you would see Veronica Castro or Salma Hayek or Thalia. They would go to Turkey. They would go to Russia. And there'd be mobs of people. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, the idea that uh, Mexican stuff can't travel is just a fallacy. It's just not true. I, I grew up knowing like all the Mexican novelas that we all grew up watching on Univision. They were huge hits all over the world. And that's what's great about Selena right now, because I think as all these people sort of think like, oh, Latino, is that, that small? Or is that, you know, is that not going to be delivering? It's like, no, look, it's here that wants content, that wants to see themselves reflected um, in positive, uh, inspiring ways. And so I think, Exactly. I'm really glad that we, we, we were successful, that we have this data so that we can now go to other people and say, hey, look, there, there's no excuse here. Like you, you say we're a small market. It, it's not even true. Um, so what's your, you know, and I think as we keep chipping away at these excuses, um, you know, the, 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 we will get more, more, more series on air. And so I think that's really exciting that we get to have that data point. And again, Netflix was sharing it and talking about it so much. Yeah. You know, in uh, 1995, when Selena passed away, uh, People Magazine ran her on the cover of their magazine uh, only down in the South, like down in Texas. That same uh, week that that edition came out, the Midwest area, we had the cover uh, with the Friends uh, cast. And I was really livid about that because we in the Midwest wanted that cover with Selena. You know, and so that was part of the reason why I was upset and actually started my own publication called Mi Gente Magazine 26 years ago. And so it really is uh, something when you're talking uh, about that and 
um, the inclusion of Latinos in, in data is so important because if they if the numbers aren't showing then um, in a market, then they probably aren't going to do too much about being inclusive to Latinos. So uh, I, I understand that totally, and I'm so glad that um, you've got those numbers behind you now with this series and, and with Netflix. Yeah, like the reason why we have the success is because of people like you who have been out there, you know, fighting for this for so long, you know, creating the content that we need. So, you know, again, thank you for everything you've done. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So the big question, what was it like working with her father, Abraham Quintanilla? He's a friend of mine. And as well, you mentioned a little bit about uh, her family, Suzette. And I want to ask you, what's one of the surprising things you learned about Selena? You know, I think one of the surprising things I learned about Selena um, was how funny she was. I think that to me was the, and how much of a prankster she was. I, I, you know, I think for me growing up, I just always knew her as like the singer, you know, and the performer. Um, and I think what was really exciting as you, you know, I worked mostly with Suzette, you know, when you talk to Suzanne and you talk to AB, just how, uh, you know, uh, corny, <laughs> you know, silly prankster she was. I just think that was so much fun to learn about and all the pranks she did and all the stories they would, and all the jokes they would have over dinner. And, you know, it was just, it was fun to learn that again. Like it was fun to learn how human she was. And I think that to me is, was something so important because as we talk about, you know, the Quintanillas and Selena, you know, all, all these ideas come into our heads about like, and they become, you know, um, and they are, they're all legends. Really what I wanted to showcase here was like, they're all human and, um, and they're funny and they're, you know, uh, I think that was the other thing too. Like just it, the continuous reminded me a lot of my family, yeah. uh, you know, hanging out with them was very much like, you know, roasting, razzing each other. It was really fun. Um, and so we tried to get a little bit of that into the, the series as well, sort of show that family dynamic, uh, that was really fun to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I know that, uh, Texas is different, uh, from any state in, uh, in the United States, as far as my experience with it, I have a lot of relatives down there. That's where my family, um, my, my grandmother was actually from Brownsville. So I know the area. Well. Oh, you yeah. Know well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is that, um, the difference, you know, between us in the Midwest and down there, you know, is actually, um, not that big, but, uh, there, there are, th- key things like we say you know pop you guys say soda uh things things like that was it was it hard for you when you mentioned uh going to new york uh being a texan with your dialogue your your accent what have you and dealing with latinos over there who come from all over the world actually you got the cubans the puerto ricans what have you was it was it difficult for you being a mexicano um, yeah, I mean, I think it, difficult, I wouldn't say difficult, right? I think for me, like, I've always considered my Mexican identity as like a superpower, right? That like, I'm from both sides of the border, and I can, you know, be an outsider, but an insider. I, I've always loved that. Um, so, so yeah, I think my Mexican American identity has always been such a huge part of who I am. Um, and just knowing that it's it's an amazing thing to be, right? Like, I'm very proud of it, and I tell everyone that's like be jealous that you're not Mexican American or Latino American because <laughs> we just have, yeah, you know, we have the best food, we have the best uh, music, um, you know, we just I think we see the world differently, and I think that's what's so exciting about it. And so, you know, that's definitely something we want to get across in Selena. You know, that sort of energy of being a proud Mexican American, um, which is a huge part of who I am, and I think you know the continues and. You know, a lot of people out there. You know, yeah. we're 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 proud to be American, but we're also proud to be Mexicans, and yes. uh, that's you know both and, and I think that's cool. 
Yes, yes. And that famous line from the Selena, the movie, when uh, Abraham says, it's hard to be a Mexican and it's hard to be an American, not American enough, not Mexican enough. I, I'm, I'm killing it, but that's that's the jits of it. But we're going to be right back. We're going to be right back with Jaime Davila, uh, the executive producer of Selena, the series. And we're going to talk more about Hollywood with Latinos. We'll be right back. This is Mihinta on Air on WSGW. You're listening to Mihinta on Air on WSGW. Welcome back. Welcome back, mi gente. Thank you for being with me this Sunday evening. Today we are talking with Jaime Davila, who is the executive producer of Selena, the series. The upcoming second half of the show, season two, is going to debut and uh, this week, May 4th, and we're so excited about that. Latinos making up nearly 18% of the U.S. population. 18%, and I don't know if those numbers are going to change with the, the census that's going to be coming out, but they are severely underrepresented in key roles across the industry in Hollywood. And that's kind of what we're talking about with uh, Mr. Davila here today. Tell me, uh, Jaime, what do you think needs to happen to help propel greater inclusion? You know, honestly, I think it's a simple thing where just Hollywood needs to make more Latino shows. You know, it's, it's just, I'm often told of uh, how do we solve the Latino problem in Hollywood. And I often respond to that saying, well, um, I want to put more Latinos on air. You don't. That's the problem. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's that simple, right? Like, you know, like, let's just, let's just green light more shows. But I do think that it, we're in a great time right now. I think what's really exciting is that, you know, we're in this moment where, um, you know, Vida, Hentified, all these amazing shows that were critically acclaimed. Um, you know, Selena the series is a huge hit. I'm, I'm sure In the Heights will be a huge hit this summer. West Side Story uh, will be another huge hit yes. as well, probably in the fall. And I think we're just sort of, we, we keep sort of having scoring points on the scoreboard that sort of showcase how big of our audience is, how people want our content. So honestly, I think it's just a question of, you know, it's also a question of time. You know, I think, unfortunately, Hollywood is super slow and they take forever, but I think it's a really exciting time right now to sort of, we have so many success stories to point to. Um, and you see the change happening, right? Like, again, like for me growing up, I could never have imagined that Spider-Man, you know, was going to be a Latino. And then all of a sudden, two years ago, you see into the universe and Miles Morales is Spider-Man. And it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, and not just because he was Latino, right? It really was, was one of the best movies ever. Um, and I think that to me is just sort of like, wow, like look how far we've come. There's still a lot to be done. Still so much to be done. Don't get me wrong. But look how far we've come, and I think it's all because of you know so much work our community's been doing for decades that now we get to sort of point to more and more things that sort of say, hey, pay attention. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that you know with more success we'll be able to showcase and, as I said before, the excuses end. Latin Latinx is a term that you know we're we're using um, in you know it's a relatively new term. Um, in my day, you know, in the in the 80s, it was Hispanic. They that came out with the U.S. Census, uh, bringing that forth. How do you feel about that term today, Latinx? And and, and do you think that term is going to stick? 
You know, I'm excited about, uh, here's my, here, here, okay. I'm excited that people are wanting to join the Latino party, right? And so some people say Latinx, some people say Latino, some people say Hispanic, some people say Mexican-American. I'm honestly all for it. Like, whatever you you want to call yourself, um, let's make it happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of people in our community, you know, they feel like they want to use Latinx, they feel included in that term. And I've also know other people in our community, you know, don't want to use that term. And I think from my standpoint, I think, you know, the thing about the Latino community overall, it's always been, you know, we're so diverse. You know, we have so many cultures infused in us from the very beginning, right? You know, to become Latinos. Um, and then even now, there are so many rich cultures that are Latin American that can all count as part of the Latino heritage that I think part of what we should be welcoming is that diversity, you know? Yes. So I think Latinx term is a great term for those who use it. And I think we should, you know, understand why people want to use that term and how they feel excluded. But I also think on the other side, we should understand people who don't want to use it and prefer using Latino or Hispanic or Mexican American. At the end of the day, like I, you know, we're all part of the same team. And so, you know, if, if you call yourself, I, I don't really um, uh, have a strong opinion on how people identify themselves um, as long as they're fighting the fight, you know? Yeah. So, um, but no, I think it's an interesting um, term that people are using. And, um, you know, I use it pretty interchangeably. I, I, I use all the terms. Um, just you know, depends on uh, how I'm feeling, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I I think the more the merrier. I mean, I I'm Mexican American. I'm from the Midwest, but I'm also Latino. I'm also Hispanic. I'm also Latinx. That that's just the way I feel. Uh, I identify. And you're right. Some don't like it when I use some of those terms, especially like in my magazine or a post that I may put on social media. But that's who we are. That's that's the terms uh, we are in today. And I think Latinx is inclusive of all of it. So I think it makes it a lot easier for some people to understand when you say, oh, well, I'm, you know, the Latinx community, people understand automatically. Some may don't because they're not familiar with the term yet. But I think it's it's going to stick. I think it's something that will be around for a while. Exactly. Again, I'm hopeful for anything that brings more people into our tent. Yes, yes. And, And, you know, you mentioned um, that you know we're part of America, and that that's that's huge to me because I am a, a Mexican American. I have identified myself as an American for all my life, and I think it's real important. And I just I happen to be Mexican, so you know we're going to be celebrating Cinco de Mayo in many cities um, this week, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of posts on social media, um, and as I've pushed you know, the inclusion of Latinos in the American quilt, if you will. I read that you said that we are part of America. I want you to elaborate on that because I think it's so important um, coming from Hollywood that we hear this. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a big part of my entire life. You know, it's, it's such Latinos and Mexican Americans have this very unique experience, right? Where the border crossed us, you know, we were in California, we were in Texas, and then all of a sudden, you know, we were no longer Mexican. We were now American. And, um, you know, that's a really interesting story that I don't think people necessarily talk about enough. I think we all know that story, right? Right. But I don't think that's often known and talked about a lot that, you know, we've been here, that we're part of the very fabric of this country, right? And I think what's really exciting about something like Selena is, you know, when we talk about music today, right? Let's talk about music artists today. Beyonce is huge, right? Bad Bunny, uh, The Weeknd. Casey Musgraves, Cardi B, all these people that I listed, all are people that said Selena was one of the biggest influences in their lives. 
and inspired them. Yes. That was a Mexican-American Latina who did that. We would not have the music we have today without a Mexican-American woman and their family making their dreams come true. And I think that's the style, right? That's what we're trying to, what we're, what's so exciting is that, you know, we're, we're already here, right? Like if you go to Spotify right now, the number one music is Bad Money. It's Jay Balvin. Yes, Spanish yes. language. Like, you know, we're, we're not, you don't have to go find us. You don't have to go exploring. You know, we're here. Open your door. We've been here for centuries. We're going to continue to be here for centuries. And we are, ex- we, we make um, magic happen, you know, as a community, as a group. And I think that's what's super exciting about not only what I hopefully Selena shows, right, to a, a people at large, right, where it's like, you know, how do we get, how do we have the music that we have today? Well, because of Selena, how do we have the music that we have today? So many amazing heroes, right? Nachos, nachos, because a guy named Ignacio created it, you know? It's like, and so, and that's a worldwide food item now. So I think I'm all about Mexican pride and being proud of our accomplishments and how we've already been here. And if you just look far enough, Cesar Chavez, um, the Mendez family in Mendez versus Westminster. There's so many stories of Mexicans who are just like Mexican-Americans, Latinos, Latinx, who are doing so well, who are making this country better. And I just think it's about time we focus on those stories. Yeah, yeah. And and through the years, we've had we've had some great film, um, Latin theme, you know, of course, the Richie Valens story, as well as uh, American Family with Edward James Olmos and uh, Jennifer Lopez was in that. What were the films that inspired you back in the day uh, you know, when you were growing up? I mean, uh, a lot of those films. I mean, Stand and Deliver, I think, was my top film, if only because Edward James almost was playing a guy named Jaime. So I was le- and wearing glasses, so I was seeing myself on screen, truly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a guy who, Jaime, a guy who liked math uh, with glasses. I was like, wow, that's truly me. So uh, Stand and Deliver was one of those movies that inspired me so so much uh just like i've always loved it and just um i still watch it uh you know at least twice a year um but growing you know, so i think there was, you know, there was a ton of latino stuff that i watched growing up right english language also spanish language a lot of novelas that i loved mm-hmm. growing up um and then on top of it you know a lot of american tv you know i think that's the amazing thing about what i was saying earlier like you know when you're a mexican-american you get so much more to watch and you get to learn from so much more and listen to. Um, so, you know, I was just that, you know, typical American kid who also loved, you know, friends, uh, you know, Seinfeld, all that type of stuff, you know? So I think what's really cool is that, you know, I grew up with the, such exposure to so many amazing things. And I think oftentimes you see that in the African American community as well. You know, they get exposed to um, not only American, you know, quote unquote mainstream stuff, but also their community provides a lot of content. Right, and I think that's what's so you know it's so exciting to to see that you know, um, but yeah, that you know it's 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 funny that you say that um, because uh, I, that, that's something that I've just been pushing um, all along in this show, Mi Gente on Air, is you know the cultural influence of you know not only not only Latinos you know because we this show is geared towards Latinos, but we want to make sure that we bring awareness to the greater community of WSGW and to know from the Latino standpoint, but also uh, we have a show um, uh, for the African-American community as well. That's really good. And uh, uh, Kareem Bowen is uh, the host of that show and it's United Shades of Grey and it comes on an hour before mine. And I, I just think that it's so important in this day and age, especially with our climate in our country that we have these shows on, on this 
radio station in on podcasts because we need to hear more of them. We need to be at the table, like I always have said. You know, you're you're from McAllen, Texas, yep. and and you go on and you've made you're making it big in Hollywood. How does a McAllen Texan young man? I'm still going to call you young because you're younger than me. Young <laughs> man, go over there. Go to Hollywood, and he meets uh, people like Edward James Almost. You've met Edward James Almost, correct? Uh, at an event, I've never had the chance to sort of sit down with him for lunch. But yes, I've met him at an event, and my you know, I sort of was the awkward fan. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I too was that awkward fan. I would go to the Alma Awards and cover it for Mihenta Magazine yep. way back when you know I'm talking 20 years ago, and I was always mm-hmm. awkward. But I'm standing in room in a room, you know. With um, uh, Isai Morales and uh, Gloria Stefan and just some of the people. I mean, the Alma Awards, I wish they would bring that back because that was so. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. That was something that was so beautiful for our community. And I, I, I just I know that feeling. But I, you're at a different level. You're a executive producer making it big there with Netflix. How does it feel for you? Texas born, Texas a Tejano, if you will. When you when you see yourself uh, in Hollywood with some of the bigwigs, you know it's it's truly humbling. You know I, I'm I'm very honored that I get to do what I do, right? And I and I only get to do what I do because I have an amazing team behind me at Capanario, right? So you know I I'm you know often the public face of the company, but there's so many people who are working. It's not just me, right? We're a team of six that are fighting every day to increase representation on both sides of the border, and so you know I think for me. Um, it's very humbling that I get to do this, right? And that I get to, you know, uh, be in these rooms sort of telling Hollywood, hey, you got to do better and you got to make changes. Um, you know, it's an opportunity that I don't take for granted. Um, and I think that's that's how I sort of come to terms with it. You know, I work really, really hard at Campanario. We all work really, really hard. You know, this mission is something that's um, a long-term goal and it, it only gets happens through incredibly hard work. And so, you know, I'm I'm very... Um, honored that, you know, um, employees have sort of entrusted their careers in our hands, right? And so we work super hard every day um, to make sure that um, we're fighting the right fight and that we're making change. And it's slower, you know, often than I like. I, I don't lose sight that we're very, very lucky that we get to be the ones in these rooms, that we get to be talking to these people. Um, and when you have that opportunity, you know, you just have to make the most for it, of it. And I think that's that's really what it is. You know, I think... You know, when I first started the company, I was first working at Bravo. I used to work at Bravo. Right. I was a TV executive there. So I used to have fun, you know, creating shows for the housewives and developing a ton of shows for them. I was part of the, the team that developed a lot of their, you know, uh, hits. I mean, where all of a sudden, you know, you're the only Mexican in a room and everyone's looking to you to sort of say, like, hey, what, what do we do here? Um, and I think for me, I just sort of, I saw that and I sort of said, I, I could be doing so much more as an independent um, and how do I do that? So I'm very fortunate, you know, that my dad, you know, who used to work for Univision and Televisa was like, you know what, let's, let's start a company together. Let's, let's, let's use your connections and my connections and see if we can make something. And, you know, that was six years ago and it's, it's been a lot of hard work, but you know, every day we, again, we, we come to work every day excited, um, and very knowledgeable of the privilege that we have, uh, to get to do this. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really humbled by it, Larry, all the time well, and you, just hopeful you, that I can do a good job for my community. You know, I, I hear in your voice such passion and for that to only happen 
in six year period. I mean, that that's relatively quick, believe it or not. And I, I just hear that passion. And I know that uh, we as Latinos were passionate in everything we do. So I think that's <laughs> yeah. part of the reason why, uh, you know, you've, you've been so successful, of course, with all of your knowledge and everything else. And I, I know that you're on the right track to make Latinos come to the forefront in this country on film. Let me ask you, Jaime, what What's next? What's next after um, Selena the series is you know is done, and you got to be working on something already. Yeah, well, look, we're, I'm really excited because we're you know currently in production on the second and third season of our Amazon comedy series uh, that's called Como Sobrevivir Soltero, so how to survive being single. Um, and that's a comedy series about a you know a bunch of twenty and thirty something uh, Mexico City uh, kids uh, you know trying to find love. Uh, we worked with the Surita brothers on that. Um, and it was a huge hit for season on season one for Amazon. So, you know, we're lucky we got a two season order. So just producing that right now, developing a lot of other fun stuff. Um, but honestly, just really excited about Selena. I think the next, you know, couple of weeks I'm going to be in uh, Selena mode and uh, really excited about it. Um, and really excited to see what people think of, uh, you know, the, the finale of our show. Um, it's really uh, exciting to be done with it. But yeah, so working on a ton of stuff, finishing up Selena um, and then, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can announce some big new things in the next couple of months that we're working on too. Yeah. Yeah. I see that, um, some of the iconic photos of Selena, uh, or the videos, even the Amot Prohibido video, you, you guys recaptured that in this second part of the series. And I think a lot of fans of Selena are going to be really surprised because I've seen some of the, the, the photo, uh, clips, uh, on Netflix in the media uh, department, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, man, they really made her look like her, and it's 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 nice that you guys have done it, um, you know, like that scene on the Amor Prohibido uh, video. It looks just like the one. Uh, did you guys film Thank it you. at the yeah, exact no. same place? <laughs> we didn't film at the exact same spot, but we were able to find you know another desert type location, um, and it was just honestly, I think that's a testament to the amazing team that we have, right? Because everyone who worked on this project loves Selena, loves our community, and just put their, you know, worked their hardest on this. I mean, through so many pictures to make sure that they could get the right shade of fabric, scouring through all the old videos to make sure that we got the angles right, that, you know, Christian got the movements right. Um, you know, Selena was so effortless in her choreography, right? She would make it seem like it was basically improvised because it was, you know, it was her doing her natural thing. And so I credit Christian so much for learning that because, you know, to learn how to do something so natural when it's not, uh, it's just amazing. And so it's really a testament to our amazing costume designers, our amazing set designers, our amazing actors, our amazing writers. It really is a, you know, it's, it's a love letter to Selena and the family and our community. And I, you know, I appreciate Larry that you saw those details because it really, you know, the team worked so hard to capture so much of those. Yes. Yes. And Christian Serrato, she, she did a wonderful job. I was amazed at uh, how she captured that spirit of Selena and, you know, her family, I, Suzette, um, Quintanilla is, uh, also producer of the series. And how, how much, um, did they incorporate them, uh, their intake in this production of the series? Oh, well, the family was really involved. You know, they were helping us throughout the entire script process to really make sure that we got the story right. And, you know, um, so for instance, like our first scene um, after our cold open, you know, we're in the hospital with baby Selena and we learn how she got her name. That was a really important scene for Suzette and she really wanted that in there. And I think it just works perfectly. So we worked really closely with Suzette 
uh, to, you know, build this show and make sure that we were creating a letter to her sister. Yeah. You know, and I think that was really exciting for us, you know, when you, when she watches the episodes and the whole family watches the episodes and you, and you hear back from the Catania that they just, they were so happy that they feel like their sister would have loved it, their daughter would have loved it, and that it really captures what it was like for them growing up. That to me was the most high, the highest praise that I could have gotten. And um, it's just exciting um, uh, to hear that from her. Oh, sure, sure. We, we had uh, Sadie Lopez on the show uh, earlier uh, last year, or, or late December, actually. And um, she was in that opening scene where she plays uh, uh, Maricela Quintanilla. And uh, she said how much fun it actually was. And, and so, I, you know, I was just really taken. When you, when you talk about that scene and there's Sadie Lopez there, and you know she was in the movie as well, you're like, hey, wait a minute, there's a connection here. Sadie Lopez is in both the series and the movie. So that, that, movie, that, yep. that brought, up, uh, brought about, a, wow, this is going to be good, you know. So <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was important to us. It was really fun, you know, that Sadie was in the original movie. And I think, you know, part of it when you're trying to build a show is a showcase, like, hey, look, Latinos, we've been working for decades, right? We're here. Like, yeah. you know, it's, and I think that was really exciting for, you know, Sadie was just perfect as Marcella. I'm just like amazingly sweet and kind. And just, you know, you all, we all wanted her as our, our mom and, uh, you know, really the whole cast. I mean, it was just, I was blown away by the level of talent that we got and how hard they all worked on it. You know, Gabe, Chavarria, Noemi, uh, you know, who plays Suzette, they had to learn their instruments and they did, you know, they learned, you know, Noemi learned how to play the drums. Wow. Wow, but, you know they they really worked hard and they deserve so much credit and praise for you know all the work they put into it. Yeah, I saw the the um, the uh, West Side Story by Steven Spielberg coming up. The the clip um, uh, and Rita Moreno is in there like the original yeah. movie, and she's exactly. singing. Did you hear her in the background singing? Isn't that awesome? What what do you call that? Awesome. I, I, I can't think of the word right now. The clip. Um, the the trailer? The trailer. The I can think of trailer. Yeah. yeah. The trailer. Yeah. I was so excited to see that because, man, Steven Spielberg to take that on, you know, after 60 years, exactly. I think it was. So that's exciting for exactly. us as well. You mentioned that earlier. And um, it's anything. No, it is. Any, anything where you have that, like I say, that passion, that Latino culture. I mean, it's it just rises all of our all of our attention and and we're all supportive so with everything you're doing in Hollywood I thank you so much I want to ask you that you know it's Cinco de Mayo weekend what are you going to be doing to celebrate Cinco de Mayo out there in California Ah uh, well look I'm I'm really excited to celebrate this week uh I'm going to Los Dorados which is a new pop-up restaurant that sells flautas like Mexico City style mm. so I'm excited for that but then I'm also going to Six uh, which sells Tijuana style tacos, which are just like, oh my God, their alabadas are just amazing. So I'm going to have a really good week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me just say that. I'm going to be eating too much, uh, drinking too much probably, but uh, we won't talk about that. We'll focus on the food. Yeah, but you're going to be also watching the debut of Selena the series on May 4th. I was hoping you would say that. Yes. I didn't want to plug my own show, but yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to be eating and all this and celebrating and watching Selena and making sure that all my friends are watching it. Yes, <laughs> and yes. And all my family and... Uh, uh, but yes, I'm going to be, it's an amazing time, uh, to be releasing content and celebrating our culture. And so, you know, excited. It's an exciting week. 
Yes, yes. And, and we'll be doing the same here in Michigan and in Saginaw here. Unfortunately, we had to cancel our big celebration and our parade because of the pandemic mm-hmm. the second year in a row. But we're going to have something a little a little on a smaller scale just because now the CDC has released that uh, the, the new regulations where people who are vaccinated uh, can go outside and be in outside events and all. But, you know, it's, it's so important, you know, as the mentality of America um, with race relations is in the front of everyone's mind these days because of some of the, the things that have been happening. More than ever, I think it's, it's so important that we are showcasing uh, Latino culture with single de Mayo. This is a, you know, and it doesn't mean donning, you know, a mustache and putting on a sombrero, that kind of thing. It's about our contributions, celebrating our contributions, whether it's in film, whether it's food, whether it's the music. And Selena, the series is going to be a big part of that this weekend. And I'm glad that Netflix has put it in and has timed it that way. But I think you and all those who are fighting the good cause for Latinos inclusiveness in our community, that we are part of this American quilt and that we are doing uh, justice for our history, for our current uh, population, as well as for the future. So thank you so much, Jaime Davila. It's been a real pleasure having you here on the show. And I just want to ask you one last thing. What would you say to anybody who is anticipating the series uh, but but may have a negative connotation for whatever reason towards it what would you say to them i just say buckle up for part two because it's even better and stronger uh than part one so get ready get excited yeah in part one they, they had to tell the story they had to say that uh, background in, uh, you know, of her early years. So I'm so excited for it as well. We want to thank Jaime Davila and all that you do to help represent Latinos on film. And we say keep pushing, brother. As our world continues changes, Latinos need to be at the table and pave the way. Thank you for all that you do. Until, thank you. Until next week, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, on Mi Gente On Air. <laughs>